Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. The latest episode of the No Huddle Show, a podcast where two sick reporters talk to each other about an ugly football game. We both have a cold at the same time. <laughs> um, it's pretty tough, but we're going to power through it for you guys. Um, we feel about as bad as that game looked, to be honest. I thought that was, that was such an ugly game. <laughs> um, I tweeted this out a little while ago, but like we, Eagles sit here. What was the final score? It was 22 to 14. 22 to 14 which is a weird score anyway. Um, but I tweeted this out a little while ago, but the, we sit here right now nine games into the season heading into a bye, and I still don't really know what this Eagles team is. Uh, I can tell you what they are. They're not good. I know that. but They're a team that lacks any downfield threat whatsoever. There are no option Bs for, for downfield passing. Uh, they don't win when Carson – not even an option A, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they don't win when Carson Wentz plays – Superman. They are relying solely on him game managing while using the running game and the backfield as an extension of the passing game. This is this is a team that has shows flashes of brilliance. We shouldn't take away from the fact that we harp on them for starting that they need his harp. Sick. Um, we harp on them for not starting fast, and and they had three straight drives to start the game of scoring drives. So I think when you when you look at this game, there was some really good to take away, and there was some really bad to take away. This team is not built to, you know, throw the ball deep. They're going to be efficient with short and intermediate passing. They're going to use the running game as an extension of the passing game at times. They're going to target running backs in the flat. Their best dynamic weapons are, are um, Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz. I mean, that's really what it is. It's it, Dallas Goddard's played well, too. Um, they won this game down the stretch because Doug Peterson's third down play calling. That's what it is. They had four, four, four third down pickups. Uh, a lot of those were deep pickups, too. Um, and I think... When the, when Carson plays within himself, he doesn't force things. They're making smart decisions with the ball. He didn't turn the ball over today. Um, he has yet to turn the ball over at home uh, this season. Um, but there's nothing that's dynamic about this offense whatsoever. Like, if they need 14 points, they're not getting 14 points. You know what I mean? Like, if they're down by 13, they're not getting that. Uh, 
the 14 points to make up for it. It feels like. This team is not a team that can play from heavily behind. This is a team that, if they're going to win football games, it has to be grinded out games, which is a very weird thing to say, considering how high everybody was on their weapons before the season. <clears throat> um, this is the second straight week where they kind of just grinded it down with Jordan Howard at the end. Uh, I think this last drive... Let's see, it well, started. he was injured during that last okay, drive, but, but, yeah, but the uh, running but game. with the running backs, I should say. Yeah, that's true. So does Sanders. Uh, Howard did run during there, but I think he got hurt during the drive. He said he's fine, by the way. Um, so they got, they started with the ball with 8.39 left, and then the game ended at the end of the drive. So that just shows you how much clock they drained. Um, but I will say the Bears were doing everything that in their power to like just give the Eagles this game. Yeah, in, in the first half, like up until the very end, the Bears had negative total yards, and they finished halftime with nine total yards. Not Mitch, great. Mitchell Trubiscuits is awful. He's just a very he just does not belong in the NFL, which is hilarious considering all the all they did to get him and who they passed up by getting him. Um, their defense is still pretty good, and the Eagles' offense is still not great. But like I like if the Eagles played a halfway decent team today, I don't think they win. You know, like, I'm conflicted about that. Like, I just think I – th- I don't think this is a bad team. The Bears? I, no, this Eagles team. Uh, I don't think this Eagles team is bad. I, I, I don't want to say that. Well, they're average. They're average. Right, correct. They are what their record is. They are a 5-4 and four team. Anybody who says, oh, they were one win away, or well, that's cool, that's, that's I great. I mean, they, they, so they beat the Packers, but I don't really know if this team is built to beat good teams. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was talking to a couple other writers in the press box before you got here because you were so fashionably late. No, I'm just kidding. Um – Fashionably late, just like showing up two hours before the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, relatively. Yeah, relatively. But um, I think my biggest concern about this team is how is how is this team going to beat a team that can put up a lot of points? There are good teams that rely a lot on their defense. There's good teams that just are very efficient moving down the field. But teams that like can score – and score like this, like the Vikings did against them, I just don't know how this team even competes in a shootout. You know, if it's a team that puts up, averages 25 points a game, the Eagles can contend with that. But once the score gets in the 30s, they're having difficulty um, kind of managing these games. Like, they press. They're not particularly talented as a receiving group. Alshon Jeffrey dropped three passes today, and they were so alarming. I just... The last one was the worst one, too. And it could have been a costly one, but it, it wound up not being costly. You know, Malcolm Jenkins is making mistakes in coverage. Yep. Uh, you know, we've bashed Nelson Aguilar a lot, but he actually played relatively well today. I mean, he still can't get open. He, right, he can't. Matt Collins is out there taking up 40 snaps, 40 to 50 snaps a game and can't get even targeted once. He doesn't get open, by the way. It should be noted. It's None not of the that, receivers do. Yeah, it's not that he's not part of the game plan. He's just not even getting targeted. I mean, like, he's not getting open. I, I fail to see where they're going to find a contributor here. And you know what? The free agent market's not good. They didn't make the trade for Robbie Anderson. Didn't claim Josh Gordon. Didn't claim Josh Gordon. Like, I understand there were there were there there was a lot, apparently, going on to the the, the release from New England. I get it if you don't want that guy in the locker room because you feel like you're still competing and you don't want to mess with the ecosystem. But, like, do something, yeah. right? Like, this has been the wide receiver group the entire season. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has mi- has played only, really, he's played seven quarters this season. 
You know, that's like enough to say, hey, yeah. there needs to be some sort of change. It's the definition of insanity to continually put Matt Collins back out there on the field. Like they, they must really not trust J.J. or Sega Whiteside. Well, J.J. actually... He played was, a little bit, Yeah, but. what was interesting about J.J. is he was only in on rundowns. They were all obvious rundowns. The only time that he was in there when a pass was thrown, it was him, Matt, uh, him, Nelson Aguilar, and Matt Collins in there. And uh, Carson dumped it off to, to Miles Sanders. And I remember tweeting out, well, those three wide receivers are in the game and Miles Sanders is in the backfield. Who do you think it's going to? You know, it, it's just... It's getting predictable when this team play. Like to your point, when you when you say that when they play a good team, this is a really good defense. This is a top ten defense at worst. Um, the Bears, you're saying the Bears, yeah. So and they were still able to move the ball on them relatively easy. The problem is, is they were never pressed though. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like they were down seven nothing to start off with. They knew they were going up against an anemic offense in their own right in the Bears' offense, and it just. I don't know. This New England game. Whew. I mean, maybe take the week off that well, week. So the time of possession, the Eagles had 40 minutes and the Bears had 19 minutes. It's pretty crazy. Um, no idea over that. Um, so, couple, for, so let's talk about Deshaun Jackson real sure. quick. Um, so obviously there was a lot of excitement around the idea of him coming back. I think you and I were a little skeptical about how much he'd be able to add beyond, like at least he would have been valuable even as a decoy. And I think he he was valuable in the very few plays he played. So he 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 came out. He he played from the start. Carson targeted him on the first pass of their offensive plays. He drew a pass interference. Uh, a couple plays later, he caught a ball for six yards, and then we didn't see him again. Um, he left the game. He was kind of on the lingering on the sideline. He ran a little bit. He went to the locker room at the end of the quarter. He came back out. He went on the bike for like thirty seconds, and then he got off the bike, and then he stood next to his teammates without his helmet for the rest of the game. Uh, Doug Peterson claims that, that the plan was to play him the whole game, but they took him out for precautionary reasons. I don't know what that means. Um, clearly something happened. Other, like if the plan was to play him all game and then you didn't play him all game, then there was a reason for you to feel like you needed to be precaution. And like, so, so now they have to, you know, this, this dude, he's like, I don't, I don't even, I can't, I can't think straight right now. So I can't think of a good analogy, but um you just can't. Re- I just don't know if you can rely on him. Number one, and number two, I think they made a, a really big mistake bringing him back when they did. Just wait till after the bye. So, so I want to be careful with it. Like I don't want to like instantly react. I know that's it's part of our business to do that. But I'm wondering if part of having Deshaun in there was to have them study up the entire week, see how he could his pain threshold was, see if he could handle it, and then. You know, after I mean, Doug Peterson can say blue is orange. You know what I mean? We don't know necessarily what the the thing is. I mean, the precautionary measure stuff does seem kind of interesting to me. Maybe he felt a little sore, and they wanted to give him the full bye week to kind of rest up and do everything. I also think there's something to be said about the speed of the game, and so for having having him wait that much longer too, without any game action, I think might have been detrimental to kind of his rhythm coming out of the bye. Maybe you wanted him to get, like, a glimpse of it before you play the Patriots. I'm not sure, but, like, like you said, you can't rely on him at all. And that's what they did by not making a move at the deadline. Yeah. By, by, I mean, it's looking terrible. Like, straight up. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, so we should say Gennard Avery looks like he might be a pretty good player, by the way. 
Yeah, uh, we can talk about him a little bit later. Um, they played him right away. Uh, not right away, but he played in this game. But well, technically they did because he was on the opening kickoff. There you go, touche. Um, but yeah, it's just first of all the fact that they were relying on him from the get go. They should have had a backup plan. They didn't. Um, they had a backup plan for Alshon, which is J.J. Arcega Whiteside, and they don't even trust him to play. So I don't know what's going on there. But um, this receiving core is just such a – they just don't get open. Um, and Alshon Jeffrey, you know, we've talked about it. It's, he's just so clearly not the same player anymore. You can't rely on him, which is and, – and I and I don't think he strikes any sort of fear into opposing defenses. You know, last year, you know, he missed the first, what, three games, right? Uh, and then when he came back, it was like a whole big thing about how he was going to open up the field for everybody, and he clearly did. Like his presence just changed everything. Now you don't need to double him. You don't need to direct the defense towards him. You just need to cover Zach Ertz. And the Bears did a poor job of that today. Zach had a great game. He had uh, his best game of the year like by far. He had nine catches, 11 targets, 103 yards, a touchdown, which is especially big considering he just hasn't been a part of the offense the last few weeks, in part because there was nobody like pulling people away from him. And it might go back to being like if Deshaun just keeps getting hurt or doesn't play a whole game, like he's kind of the one that opens things up for Zach Ertz in theory. And I don't think that Alshon Jeffrey is that guy anymore. I agree with you. I mean, I think this is a tight end running back offense now. You know, you're going to run the game through the running game and you're going to have to target the tight end. I just, I, it's perplexing to me. This is, you know, I do see people compare uh, Carson Wentz's situation to. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, which I think is laughable because Aaron Rodgers has had some great receivers. He has Devontae Adams. I know he's hurt, but... Yeah, he's had Devontae, he Devontae Adams, Adams, Randall Cobb. He's had Jordy Nelson. Like, Carson's never had a true number one guy, in my opinion. Alshon's I mean, always, Alshon in 2017 was pretty good. But, he was good, but I don't think he was like But not like, like a, a traditional number one. Right. He wasn't a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Um, and I think, you know, he... He's had a lot of injuries since he's been here. Yeah. A lot. I mean, he, he had a lot of injuries in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and just so to rely on two injury-prone guys, it's just... And Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar, yes. I just don't know what the the end goal is here. I like, I don't know. Maybe it's that Howie doesn't think this is a contending team well, anymore. Well, I also think the, the receivers have gotten worse, which I don't think they accounted for. Yeah, there's a lot of regression there. I also think they projected J.J. to have a pretty sizable yep. role and they're not saying that because they don't want him to they like they don't want it to hurt, hurt his confidence or whatever yeah yeah you know you don't want him sydney jonesing around yeah which we're gonna talk about soon <laughs> um but yeah i don't know I, this offense is very interesting when they're running the football well they're doing i mean it, it works when they are not it's going to be bad and when you're down if you get down 10 points, you're probably going to abandon the run a little bit. The Eagles actually abandoned the run pretty much after that Jordan Howard touchdown in the third quarter, and they couldn't sustain drives. So um, I think Jordan Howard's the key to this offense right now. Yeah, let's talk about him. I wanted. Yeah. I was about to say let's – something positive because they did win. Um, he, did, he, did he talk – you talked to him. Did he, he bring up his, bring up why he left the, in the fourth quarter? I, he's, I think – I forget what he said exactly. It's hard to hear him because he talks pretty quiet. It was a big crowd. But he, he said – I think all he said was that he got banged up. Uh, he got an x-ray. And he said he's fine. Although that, that doesn't always necessarily Hey, we're from Miles Sanders. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah true, because Sanders played. Um, but, like, we're, we say the same things about this dude every week, but he's just been so good. And he just, like, 
even when a play looks like he's about to get stuffed at the line, he just breaks through and gets a few extra yards. And he's just so, it's just so valuable having a guy like this. He's a, like the perfect clock killer. He's got to be one of the best clock killers in the NFL. He's not an elite running back by any stretch. But I think we're seeing every week that the Bears just made a colossal error just giving him up for nothing. Yeah, Jason um, Kelsey said, uh, we are sure happy that – We he, sure are happy. Yeah, we're sure – yeah. We're, we sure are happy <laughs> – we're yeah. We are sure. We sure are happy. We're struggling to say this right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so sick. I can't even think. Um, we sure are happy that uh, the Chicago let him go, uh, and they really did let him go. This was a trade, oh, yeah. it but was it wasn't like, really it was, a trade. It was we want to play a rookie. We want to draft. It was before the draft, so we want to draft a rookie, and we want to Tariq Cohen. The reason why I'm saying that is, it, he said we're sure happy. Fuck! What did I say? I don't sure are happy. It's not that. Yeah, I don't know. My brain is just like I can't. I'm sorry, guys. Like <laughs> this is a struggle. All right, so here, let's delete that. Let's delete no, no, it's fine. We're we're keeping going. Right. We're pounding through it. We don't delete stuff here. What are you thinking? Um, but yeah, so so Jordan Howard. I mean, he's he's just been their most consistent player on offense, other than Brandon Brooks, the entire season. Uh, Doug looks even worse for not playing him this first two weeks. It just doesn't make any sense in retrospect. I mean, we don't need to go back. To, to old uh, old things, but um, like he's he's been their their most consistent offensive guy, and I don't know where they would be without him right now. Well, and you know what's funny is like those first two games, they really treated him like a second fiddle, and I I think I think they win that Atlanta game if they use yeah. him better. Because um, that one's close, even with all the turmoil. Yeah. Um, you know, this Eagles team is just we like it's just like it's it's hard to put a finger on it, right? It's just you don't like you said you you don't know how to describe this team. Defensively, I think they've played relatively well. Uh, there were a couple of big plays in this game in the second half, but they shut out the Bears in the first half. The pass rush seems to have found its yeah. way a little bit, which I think is a positive to go into the uh, second half. Well, the bye week, yeah, yeah, the second stretch of the season. Um, Josh Sweat is a guy who's developed pretty well. Uh, Brandon Graham's on like a mission. He's got, six got another sacks sack today. Yeah, through through uh, I guess this is what nine or, yeah nine games. And then Fletcher Cox looks like he's back. I mean, the last few games have uh, he been was really wreaking, he was wrecking havoc from the beginning. Um, so that's positive. Yeah, yeah. Jalen yeah. Mills. Jalen Mills. Yeah, Jalen Mills has been. He was he had another solid game against Allen Robinson. He had a, he had a good breakup at one point. Yeah. Um, Avante Maddox made a huge play in coverage. Yeah, uh, yeah. Say Maddox was back. Darren Sproles is back. Deshaun Jackson was back briefly. Uh, was there anybody else that was injured that returned? No, I think that's uh, right. Yeah, Timmy Jernigan. Uh, Timmy Jernigan. I didn't really notice him, but um, he, he's not like a pass rusher anyway. But. Right. So here, here's what I'll say. I do think that there is something to take away from all of these guys returning from injuries, but the guy that really needs to return from injury <laughs> – is Deshaun Jackson. Like, that's really what it is. Like, that's what the key is to... It's to, crazy that he's become, like, their most important player. Yeah, and he wasn't here last season. All, uh, most of the most of the offensive group was here last yeah. season, and they're not contributing at the at the rate that you would think they would. So, again, I think um, if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm kicking myself because they could have probably had Robbie Anderson for a third-round pick. And I think the Jets are idiots for not. They could have had Emmanuel Sanders for a third and a fourth. Right. I mean, I just think this is a team that kind of. I can't tell if if, you know how he's a confident guy. I can't imagine he would just punt the season. Um, 
for value, right? Like to trade a future pick for, I know they got to get younger, but they're not going to nail all these draft picks. It's just not a thing. They've become so dependent on these compensatory picks as far as scheming for next year. I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a team that lacks at the linebacker position. They lack it uh, wide receiver. They lack it cornerback um, in a lot of ways. And I, this is a one and done playoff team to me if they are in the playoffs. Yeah, I should say, we are talking all doom and gloom. The Eagles did win this game, and they are 5-4 and four going into the bye week, which is like a few weeks ago you would have taken that for sure. So oh, I, absolutely. I don't think they're in necessarily like terrible shape. But, again, like they have two tough games coming up. The Seahawks, it looks like, are having another good game. Uh, the Patriots are the Patriots. And so you have those two games, and you have the Cowboys fairly soon. The other games are all winnable. Um, so, like – I don't know. The Dolphins just like beat the Jets. They're, they're on the right path to the playoffs – we just both seem to agree that we're not sure they have the personnel or wherewithal to go much further in the playoffs than they did last year. Yeah, and, and the doom and gloom is, is because this felt like a blowout win. It should have it felt sh- like a blowout yeah. win. Yeah. Well, no, like for the first three quarters, yeah, it yeah, yeah. felt like a blowout win. That's fair. I mean, they went up 19-0. to zero. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, they allow... Uh, I mean, the, so the, the game kind of sw- flipped on the what Taylor Gabriel had a 53-yard catch. Right. Um... Or Malcolm Jenkins missed his assignment or something. Right? Yeah, it looked like he he kind of bit on a. It's been another happened route. a few times this year, which is a little problematic. Yeah, I'm gonna do a stock watch uh, for Monday morning, and he's in my stock down. So, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's just he's making mental errors that you're not used to him making. I'm not saying like he's still a key member of the defense, but his stock is down, in my opinion. Yeah. So, what? How do you think Wentz played? You gave him a B, right? Yeah, I gave him a B. Um, Look, they didn't ask him to do really anything noteworthy. He took two downfield shots. Uh, one was off the mark to Alshon Jeffrey, which probably would have been a touchdown. And then another one um, was to Nelson Aguilar that Prince of Aguilar just made a really good play in, in the air. Um, but I will say this. He was very efficient uh, with the inter- short and intermediate stuff. I thought he he read the field very well on that last drive, that last field goal drive, which did clinch the game for them. I thought he did what he needed to do. Carson Wentz is not having a great season, but he's having a pretty good one. He hasn't turned the ball over at home this season. Uh, He's thrown a touchdown every single game this year. Uh, Like I said, he's protecting the ball. You know, they're five and four largely due to how he's been able to lead them through this, you know, terribleness in, in the passing game. Uh, he's had to make some plays. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't say he's had the MVP season a lot of people thought he would. I wouldn't say he's raised the t- the talent level around him. Um, I think he's been smart with the football. I think he's moved them efficiently down the field. He had five scoring – he led five scoring drives in this game. Um, but – you would like to see a little bit more from him. I, you know, the superstar guys are the guys that elevate the talent around them. He's played good games, but I wouldn't say he's been like the be all end all in a lot of their wins. Like if you look about it, like if you think about it, go back. Okay, so there are three big wins of the season. Like the Jets game was a blowout. I don't really count that one. The Redskins game they came alive in the second half. Uh, but the three that I look at are this game. 
the Green Bay game and the Bills game. And all three of those, he was basically a game manager. He, he, this was the first one he had more than 200 yards out of those games. Right. He was a game manager. He moved the ball efficiently. He did what he was asked to do. He did his job, which I think is something that's actually very hard to do in the NFL as a quarterback consistently. Um, he didn't try to overextend plays. He didn't make a lot of mental errors. Protected the ball. I think he's a guy that needs to be complimented in the passing game. Like, you need somebody around. You remember his rookie year, it was so up and down because, I mean, he was throwing to Bryce Treggs. And this is a step up from Bryce Treggs, but not a, a very large step up. It's not as big of a step as it should be on paper. Correct. Yeah. 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 Speaking, so, speaking of mental errors, <laughs> uh, Anderson Dejo, <laughs> he had a uh, late hit. Pretty much right. It was it was on the quarterback? I was I was looking down when it happened. Yeah, pretty. It was a uh, unnecessary roughness, light hit he had on uh, Trubisky. Like just a dumb, dumb mistake that could have been very. Again, the Bears' offense is so bad it was fine, but like get rid of this dude. Like the, so they well, played at this point. They, well, the, if they get rid of him now, they get the comp pick still. Yeah, but he uh, he's got a great injury, so I, I don't know if they could. I mean, well, he yeah, played, I guess they he could. played the full game today. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think that matters. Um, they might have to give him a settlement. Um, I don't know. I don't, maybe not. But uh, but anyway, so he uh, so they played four corners a few times tonight. What today? Which I don't think I remember them doing really that often. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just with Rasul getting some time. Yeah, Rasul played well too. I actually, uh, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, but you know what corner they did not play. That's actually a really oh, yeah, good yeah. segue. Sidney Jones was inactive today. A healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. Now, there is logic to him being a healthy scratch. Number it's still not a good bad. thing. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby are the top corners on the outside. Rasul's the top backup for the outside. Avante Maddox, who returned, um, uh, he played the nickel role. Uh, Craig James, who can play nickel and outside, played, but he's also a core four special teams guy. That's why he started over. He played over Sidney Jones. That said, for Sidney Jones to not even be active in this game, and by the way, the secondary is just continuing to get stronger because Craven LeBlanc's eventually going to be back too. Um, so I don't know how you get him back on the field. I don't know how you extend or, or make his confidence grow. But it's just this is what a a weird web he weaves, you know what I mean? At this point, like he, he's just uh, Sidney Jones. There's only so much adversity one can take in one locker room. And I think it's time. Like, I think, I think after the season, you've got to look to move on from him. He needs to change the scenery. I don't know what you get for him. Uh, I don't even know. Maybe a clean break is the right move even then, but clearly this has been a failed pick. And I think it's, it was a gamble that made sense at the time, I guess, but you are also evaluated on how you evaluate talent and taking an injury risk when you do have an older roster is damning. Um, you know, there were other guys they could have selected. They also selected Rasul Douglas in the third round and he's actually turned out to be a pretty okay corner. He's not the starter obviously, but he could be one next the, year. The two guys people have pointed out are, uh, Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin, who would both look very nice in the Eagles uniform right now. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's easy to do in retrospect. I think it was the right pick at the time. Um, it was value. Uh, yeah. the, I mean, they had – so they had that extra pick. So they were able to take a gamble on a guy and take a guy that they knew was going to play in Razul. Um, and Cindy Jones, like, he was projected to be a top-ten pick. Like, if the Eagles had gotten him 
in the at their pick in the first round that year, it would have been like a steal if Jones was healthy in theory. So I get it. He just I don't know. He seems like he doesn't have the confidence. I don't know. He can't stay healthy. Um, he can't stay healthy. Uh, it seems like the coaches like have lost confidence in him, which I'm sure he can, he notices. Well, I think um, it's taken a while too for them to lose confidence, yeah, which yeah. makes it yeah, even he, worse. Yeah, they, they've given him chances and. Like, the fact that he's not good enough to be on the act. Like, they can make this special teams excuse all they want. If he was good, they would play him. Like he Well, he'd be, be playing over roster. Ronald Darby. Yeah, yeah. Or, even, or even just Craig James. Like, he, whatever. He would, he would be on the active roster over somebody if he was good enough to be on the active roster. And sure. this is year, what, year three for him now? I yeah. guess kind of year two if you just discount that first year where he was injured all year. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I, just, I see them just dumping him on another team for a late-round pick next year. Or, may, or I don't know. I think that's probably what they do. Maybe I could also see a scenario where they just hang on to him because they don't want to – because it looks bad if they get to get rid of a guy, I guess. But it'd be worse if you hang out to him even longer. Yeah, I think a, a lot of the issue too, you know, there have been guys that haven't played that well for that draft class. Like Nathan Gary's been okay in coverage. He's really struggled as a run defender. Um you know, Rasul's had his ups and downs. Obviously, Danelle Pumphrey is now in the XFL. Like, there are, it's been, it, this, their last two, two or three drafts um, have been up and down. And when you have an older team, it sticks out when you're not successful in the draft. It does. Um, let's see. Is there anybody, anyone we haven't talked about that we should? So, so I guess. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jannard Avery. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jannard Avery. Uh, before we do that, real quick, I should say. I think Doug still had some questionable like play calling decisions. Yes. Um, there was a stretch. Well, first there was a point in the first half, I believe it was, where he gave the ball to Darren Sproles on three straight plays, mm-hmm. which is a classic Doug move. And I don't think Sproles played the rest of the game actually on offense, uh, or at least he didn't get any touches the rest of the game. He didn't do anything with those, and they went three and out on that. I think that was poor decision making. And then after Jordan Howard's touchdown in the third quarter, um, they only ran the ball like two more times over the next like twelve plays. And one of them was a, a QB run. Like when they had, at that point they had a nineteen to zero lead. So why are you passing the ball when you don't have a good passing offense? Like he 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 would just do a few. Then again, he, then he does the thing where he figures it out and he calls a great game and third down he's great on blah blah blah. But there still is like a disconnect in terms of when to run the ball. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, this game could have gotten out of hand, and he didn't want it to get out of hand. It was almost like he wanted to test his own like faults in his offense. But yeah, it was he had an up and down game. I thought the first two drives were really well called until they got to third down in the red zone, and they had to settle for field goals, two twenty eight yard field goals. Um, you could argue even that the touchdown throw to Zach Ertz should have been a negated play because there should have been penalties probably on both sides. Um, you know, his two drives, his two scoring drives in the, um, second half were really well done. Um, they closed, right? I mean, I guess that's the positive you take away from that, but yeah, it was a very uneven, uh, play calling performance for Doug Peterson. Yeah. So Gennard Avery. So I didn't think he would really play it all today. And then, like you said, he did on special teams right away. And then they kind of had him in this, the like Joker stand-up pass rusher role. Yeah. Um. And his first time he did it, he immediately well, half the roster was going to sack Mitchell. Yeah, Trubisky I thought guys came off the the um, sideline. I mean, it showed good quickness for him that he got there before the other ones. Honestly, uh, he clearly has some athleticism, and it, it seems like they're going to be using him like that as a like uh, athletic pass rush down only guy. 
Uh, I think he played more today than he did the entire season for the Browns. And, uh, you know, maybe it, it seemed like a lot of people were pretty excited about, like, in terms of his fit and talent. And you can kind of see why. Uh, they have they have a very intriguing like pass rush rotation now with him in the mix. If he if he can be this good every week, yeah. So he had a half a sack, right? So here's how I pre- like think they're going to use him overall because the role wasn't really all that well defined. They had him as a stand up, yeah. They're probably trying to figure out what they had, right? Here. But what they could do, and a lot of teams that play cover three and and like under sets, so like Pete Carroll's defense, the Falcons' defense, they have a linebacker who can blitz or can cover given the situation. He's an undersized end who can kind of run up the middle, and that's basically what he did in this game. If he's playing the auto or the elephant or or the joker role, they can move him around the formation, and you constantly have to know where he is. I think that's an added plus for the pass rush where you don't have a natural hands-down defensive end or defensive tackle rushing the passer. You have a linebacker who, in theory can be one of your two guys on nickel downs and obvious passing situations, or he can be one of your, he could be your Sam linebacker probably in your um, base sets. But I, I think he's an interesting fit. He's a nice little curveball that you can throw the offense every now and then, maybe six play, six to 10 plays a game. Uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about with him because he, he can also force some mismatches. If they play a really tall, uh, Left tackle, he can get. He's got that low center of gravity. Can kind of get around guys. There's clearly speed there, um, and he's like an interesting gadget guy on defense, which I think is appealing. All right, so the Eagles go into their bye week five and four. Um, I'm sorry, this is so morbid. Like I, we know that it was a win. Part of it has to do with our uh, our yeah. It's been a miserable day. Personal health, but um. So they go into the bye week five and four. They have the the Patriots week eleven, the Seahawks week twelve. Those are the two tough. Those two and the Cowboys game are the two toughest ones remaining. Um, as I say right now, I still kind of lean towards them being in the eight and eight, nine and seven range. I don't think this team is good enough to get the ten wins. Though maybe they, if they can beat the Patriots and or Seahawks, they could get the ten just because of their schedule. But um, I'll say to add to that, I will say that my confidence was not. Completely shot. I still think they're a ten and six team just because of the schedule. I don't think they're a very good ten and six team, yeah. but I still think they can beat Seattle. Tampa's giving Seattle a run for their money as we speak. So, um, oh wow, yeah, yeah, at on the road. Oh, so uh, yeah. I mean, keep the hope alive. I, I just it was just a weird game. I think it's kind of hard to um, kind of put a like a pretty bow in this game. You know what I mean? Like it's a win that feels like a loss. That's actually a win that, you know, they are who you thought they were, but you don't know what they are. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's, it's a conundrum. And I think, uh, the coaching staff has a lot to figure out. Um, I think Jim Schwartz has done a good job saving his job the last two weeks. Um, and I think the secondary has improved. That's something that if this defense can get back on the right track from like the 2016, 2017 years, and they're the ones that carry this team, then this team can compete. Like you don't need deep threat wide receivers. If you're really just, you know, grinding out drives, methodical drives, like they did the first three drives of this game, they can win like that. The problem is, is you can't give up 14 points in the span of like three drives off big plays. So, I think if the defense can really improve in the second half, they can go on a run. But 
I don't see the wide receiver options on the open market in free agency. Sometimes teams, you know, past the trade deadline, want to get rid of guys and hope that other people take their contracts because you can cut a veteran now and then he ends up on the waiver wire. So if you're desperate for a wide receiver, um, there's that. Would not be surprised if a team like the Cleveland Browns got rid of somebody like Rashard Higgins that you pick up, and then he's probably your third uh, wide receiver. But, yeah, uh, moral of the story is the defense, the secondary played relatively well in this game. The offense started fast. It's every all, it's like the peanut butter and jelly in the middle that needs the improvement, and Deshaun Jackson is, you know, the strawberry jam that needs to kind of find its way back into that center. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. All right, before we go, uh, there was a nice review that we got that I want to read. I know Mike was happy to see this. Um, five stars from, from Sean is not okay. Uh, it says shout out. Uh, I've been following Mike K since back in the BGN days. With this new show, I enjoy the banter and the POVs regarding the Eagles. Keep it up, guys. Oh, that was nice. You know what? On a sickly day where Zach's being mean to me, as he always <laughs> is, it's just it's nice to have that pick me up. Um, <laughs> but we always appreciate those reviews. Uh, if you actually want to put a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, don't review good. this one because it's probably not like uh, – Unless you want to be like, oh, we feel bad for you. You guys are so adorable. Can you, you send soup? Uh <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we're going to go in the bye week. I don't think we're going to record another yeah, episode. Sure. Yeah, probably not until after the bye week. There won't be that much to talk about during the bye week anyway. If you're, if you're going to miss out on uh, the smooth jams that come with my voice, uh, I will be covering the Giants-Jets game next weekend. And so I might end up on a Giants podcast. Um, Which you will not listen to, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless, you know, Danny Dimes is just terrible and you want to just take that in and be really cool. <laughs> just bask in that. Yeah. Um, but, we, you know, this first half of this, this first stretch of the season, we should say, because it's more than the half, has been very, very weird. But we appreciate you coming on this weird journey with us. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Um we're, we're, we'll have another couple pods for you coming out of the bye week, and I'm sure it will be less doomy and gloomy because Mike and I will be full of sh- sunshine and rainbows and happiness. Speak for yourself, Zach. <laughs> you get to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking advantage of the bye week, although I am sick, so hopefully I heal up before the flight because flying when you're sick is like the worst thing. Where, where are you going? Denver, Colorado. Oh, okay, so more cold. Yeah, oh, it's cold there. Are yeah. you going snowboarding? I am not. I've never. I don't think. I, I think. Yeah. I, I don't probably, think you're coordinated. I, we wouldn't have another podcast if I went snowboarding. Yeah, probably, probably not. Yeah. It's not. It's not safe. <laughs> and I'm not coordinated. That's true. Um, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to Andrew Zendejo because okay. he plays like we feel right now, and I think like uh, crap. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was, that was pretty good. Nice little alley oop there. Yeah. Thanks for the assist, John Stockton. Uh, oh boy. All right. We'll end on that note, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry we didn't get to any comments tonight because Mike and I are going to die. So uh, we're all going to die, actually. <laughs> Tune in next week when the, when the show is hosted by Carrot Top and Robin Williams is impersonator on the uh, Hollywood oh Walk of Fame. I almost got very dark. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, on that dark note, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>